Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Today's show is all about our local economy. I think you're going to enjoy it. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes. Thanks for joining us. Michael Anderson is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. The information should not be relied upon for purposes of transacting securities or other investments. Please consult with a financial advisor. For more information, visit Maranatha.com. for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson. Michael always works in his client's best interest when it comes to their financial life and future. To reach Michael, go to Maranatha.com. And now, here's your host for Big Money, Michael Anderson. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Each week, we have one feature interview, one nonprofit spotlight, and a finance idea. Today, our show is on the local economy. We all live and shop here, but how vibrant is Ventura County for small business and for big business too? What are the statistics and areas for growth or concern? Today we have Bruce Stinsley, CEO of the Economic Development Collaborative for Ventura County. He has a very well-seasoned view and opinion on how things are going with business here in the 805. Our interview is going to be coming up in just a moment. Also, we'll discuss the finance principle of using debt to your advantage. I have a few examples you can appreciate. Uh, We would like to remind you, we do put this show on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Find us by searching Big Money in the 805 or go to Maranatha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Today's feature interview is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call 805-487-7847. GEICO Local Office. We have with us Bruce Stinsley, CEO of the Economic Development Collaborative for Ventura County. He has had that role since 2007. Prior to that, he was the Executive Director for the Workforce Investment Board for Ventura County. And he has also been involved with the community as a commissioner with the first five of Ventura County since 2009. He's a regular contributor to the media for questions about our economy, and it's a pleasure to have him on the program. Thanks for being here. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. So let's first start talking about the landscape for our economy here in Ventura County. Can you provide some numbers, maybe some statistics about our region here? Sure. A little bit of the good, and how about a little bit of the bad? First, on the good side... Unemployment is at a near all-time low, or at least, let's say, all-time since the year 2000. A couple of months ago, we were at 3.8%, which most would call full employment. I'll get back to that in a moment. We're at 5% now, a number that we hadn't bettered but once just prior to the recession over the last, say, 20 years. On the downside, there are a couple of things that worry us. Number one, we don't have a whole lot of people participating in the labor force, which means how many people really of the total population are working or looking for work. That has not grown in over nine years, even while we've added nearly 50,000 people to the population. What that means is people are in some cases discouraged for looking for work because we're not creating as many jobs. Job creation has been less than 2%. And part of it is because our kids are moving away for better opportunity. They can't afford to live here, and we're becoming an older group working less. 
and that's resulted finally on that score in a slower GDP. That is, our economy is growing slower than just about any other region in the entire state of California. You covered a lot. I want to pare it down a little bit. Let's talk about the sectors here in our local economy that are doing really well. What's doing great in Ventura County? There are two clear winners. The first is health services. No surprise that the healthcare industry is still flying high. But think of this, over the last 12 months, it's grown by some 10%, 4,700 jobs, still growing really fast, showing no indication that it's going to slow. The other is in the hospitality sector, up about 7% on the year. Uh, again, a ton of jobs. The difference in those two cases, though, in the hospitality sector, higher paying, better benefits, excuse me, in the healthcare sector, in the hospitality, not always the highest paying jobs, but an essential piece of the economy in terms of quality of life. A third piece you might identify is that farm economy is still happening in a really good way. We have a lot of anxiety about what might hold it back over time, but today it's still going strong. When we talk about those three sectors, what are some things that we might be able to do to continue to strengthen those three areas? A couple of different things we'd mention there. First of all, in terms of the health sector, probably not a lot we need to do. That's just sort of intrinsic to what's going on with us as an aging society and wanting more care. On the hospitality side, we've done a spectacular job of preserving open space, quality of life in Ventura County. And because people want to be here, they want a vacation here, they want to retire here. And many of us who have good jobs and homes don't want to leave here. It's about really preserving quality of life. I mean, we have safe cities, we have abundant open space, and especially, and I think increasingly, it's the maintenance of a high-quality education system that attracts families to be here and want to stay here. Let's talk about the economic development in Ventura County and what's holding back some of the areas that could be better. Probably two things we'd identify. One is the extraordinary high cost of housing. There's a variety of ways to look at that. Some will argue that it's worse in other coastal or urban areas in California, but rather than looking at that item in a comparative context, we just know it's difficult on the basic jobs that are available in Ventura County to afford to live here. So that has a deleterious effect two ways. Businesses don't want to move here because they're not sure they can bring in, attract, and keep the talented workforce they need. And as I mentioned, some of the youth tend to move away or they move away for school and they don't come back. But we've got to find ways to do more to improve investment in housing. Probably that has to do with, let me put it differently, the last thing we want to do as a matter of public policy in Ventura County is sprawl. We don't want to grow out, but there's plenty of opportunity to do infill, higher density, and reach some higher benefit housing goals through those means. That's well said. Let's talk about some of the other objectives, some of the specific objectives that the Economic Development Collaborative has and does. Five years ago, we were talking about this idea of public-private partnerships, uh, like with the naval base, the universities, and local governments. What do these public-private partnerships look like? And do you have any examples you might be able to share with us? Yeah, I think there are probably three I could cite real quick. Um, First is leadership both in the education community and the elected officials in Ventura County, Assemblywoman Jackie Irwin in particular, getting an engineering program established out at Cal State Channel Islands. It's a huge piece. Manufacturing, engineering jobs are in high value and high opportunity around here. 
getting more investment in engineering took a great collaboration between education, politics, and industry, which said, we need it, and this is what it looks like. Another one would be Cal Lutheran University partnering with a number of private sector folks, creating what they call Hub 101, an entrepreneurship center. It's tough to attract new businesses here. You can only grow your existing businesses so much. So growth is about taking smart ideas and expanding those into new businesses through entrepreneurship. Both Cal Lutheran, Cal State Channel Islands very involved. And a third would be a ton of investment through the Ventura County Office of Education and the Community College District, what are called Career Pathways Partnerships, which figures out how to get into the middle schools, the high schools, get business inside that curriculum and help kids understand the practical application of the skills they're learning, the learning they're getting in school, and how that might translate the opportunity when they get out of school. That's great. Well said. Now let's go into the manufacturing economy we have in Ventura County. I think many people don't understand this, but what can we do to sustain the manufacturing economy we have? It's actually pretty good, the manufacturing economy. Can you talk about that, how we can sustain and make that grow? Sure, if you don't mind, I'd say a couple of things. First, let's understand what it is. It's over 30,000 jobs in Ventura County. That's 11 or almost 12% of our private sector non-farm economy. That's larger, a higher density than the average place in California and the nation. So first, you're absolutely right. Manufacturing hasn't gone. It's still strong. Some of our highest paying jobs, it's almost a quarter of our economy. That said, we think there are three things, at least in our world, that we concentrate on to keep that sector and grow that sector. First is help the existing businesses become more efficient in their day-to-day standard operations. Competition in the global economy is brutal. You can't just win on price. You've got to do it on efficiency and quality and getting the product done as most effectively as possible. There are a lot of techniques to do that. Secondly, a lot of the manufacturing firms are second, third generation, their legacy. Um, They've been inherited by the second and third generation, and they've had the same customers for a long time, and they haven't really thought about marketing what they do. They make a widget, they've had a buyer for the widget, but they probably can make a variety of different products and sell them to different customers. It's helping them think through and identify those markets. And third and finally, it is a global economy and helping them understand that if you've got an internet site and any relationships at all, you can compete in the global economy and not be beaten by it, but sell into it and just find ways to do that, that improve their confidence in doing it and making sure they're finding the right markets. With those three factors, we think the base that we've got already can expand and grow. Lastly, what we do need to do is make sure that as the economy does create new opportunity in manufacturing, that we've got available industrial land for them to build and work from. So much good stuff. I'm enjoying this. This is really good. I want to pivot down to the small businesses and the ones that uh, maybe they're starting up or it's a small business. I know your office provides low cost or no cost business services. Can you share with our listeners what that looks like? Sure. So we are a partner, a contract partner with the U.S. Small Business Administration. We're the region's small business development center. We have a team of 30 professional business consultants or advisors on contract to us, available to any business at no cost. We see close to 600 firms a year. That group of talent, about 30 of them, as mentioned, are distributed with skills 
across industry sectors. Some are expert in manufacturing, some in retail, some in hospitality, and so on. And then they're also skilled in different aspects of doing business, whether it's access to capital, maybe it's social media, maybe it's floor operations and manufacturing. Give us a call. Find us on the internet, edc-vc.com. A lovely person in our office, Alondra Gaetan, will spend a few minutes, maybe 10 minutes with you on the phone as a business owner identifying a little baseline information. And then more to the point, what we try to do is focus transactionally. That is, we assess what a business needs to do to improve their profitability. What is the kink in the hose? What is the issue that we can help them with and be outcome-oriented toward working on solutions to growing the existing business base, helping them become more profitable? That sounds really helpful. I know your office also provides access to capital sometimes if a business is needing capital or turnaround assistance. How does that work and how can you talk about that? So a couple of things. First thing we want to do is help make sure any business that needs capital is the fuel to help them grow, expand, or retain their business is get partnered with commercial credit in whatever way we can and we can help them prepare for that and do that. But in some cases, as you probably know better than I do, a lot of banks, most banks, if not all banks, are doing sort of credit-based decisions on a variety of ratios that sometimes for a small business don't look all that good. We've amassed several million dollars in capital. We'll make a couple million dollars in loans a year, up to $250,000, as low as about $25,000. We've got partners in that same space through a group called Women's Economic Ventures to make loans to business. In other words, we'll make, in the old style, a loan decision based on the business plan and on the character. We make low-cost capital available. We can loan up to about seven years, usually at 6 to 7%. Again, what we want to do is be bridge capital to helping a business access financing, get their feet back on the ground, a better foundation to be competitive in the commercial credit markets. But we do have capital available and make several loans every month. Great. Another thing I talk about in this show is the future, the future with regards to students and skills and careers. What advice do you give to young people about skills and careers for their future? So several things. First, get all the education you can. You'll never regret that. Secondly, it's not just what you're doing as a specialization in education. We love it when kids are into the so-called STEM network, science, technology, engineering, and math, a lot of opportunity there. But the real purposes that we think of a quality education are the following. We want kids to be expert at lifelong learning, that going to school isn't something you finish when you get a degree, but you've got to continue to be mindful of opportunities to learn and grow. You need strong communication skills, written, verbal, you name it. Ability increasingly to work in group environments. It's ability to access information. It's not what you know. It's how quickly you can find the answer, interpret it, and put it to good use. It's problem solving. The other thing we talk about is everybody says that robots are going to take our jobs. Maybe, maybe not. But we know there are three or four things that are a hedge against automation. One of them is, well, let me rephrase that. It's not what job you have, but how you apply skills to the job. Do you apply to those jobs critical thinking, creativity, and empathy, because machines don't replace any of those, at least not yet, knock on wood. We're talking with Bruce Stensley. He's the CEO for the Economic Development Collaborative here in Ventura County. And the final question, I want to ask you a finance question. So what finance advice do you often share with small businesses that are starting up or just small businesses that are going? I wish I could give you a brilliant answer, but it's probably stunningly straightforward. That is the most important thing, whether you're starting up or already in business, is can you answer two questions 
with expert detail, and that is, do you know where your income is coming from? What sales are driving not just your income, but your profits? And where actually are you spending your money? When we meet with small business owners, they're doing everything from sales to management to human resources to marketing and probably not spending a whole lot of time with their balance sheet and their monthly expenses to the degree they understand that, where the money is coming from, where it's going out. The likelihood of A, being more strategic in their decisions improves dramatically and B, should they need commercial credit when they're looking at a bump or an opportunity to grow, they'll be in a position to be competitive to get it. Our guest today, thank you for joining us, Bruce Stensley, CEO of the Economic Development Collaborative for Ventura County. You can go to his website, edc-vc.com. Thank you so much, Bruce. I hope you'll join us again. Thanks, Mike. Anytime. Thank you very much. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767 or visit him online, maranatha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Michael Anderson is local and fiduciary. No commissions, no gimmicks. Call and leave a message today, 805-665-3767. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Here is a local group we want you to know about. Nonprofit Spotlight, brought to you by Pierpont Racket Club, serving Ventura since 1977. Get your 30 day pass online. Visit pierpontrc.com. Stacy Johnson is here from Ultimate Staffing Services, and she is also a member of the Rotary Club, as am I in the Rotary Club of Ventura. Stacy, how have you liked being in the Rotary Club? I love being a member of the Rotary Club of Ventura. I get to meet really cool people like you, Mike. Oh, thank you, Stacy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> well, share with us a little bit about the Rotary Club today. People ask all the time, you're in Rotary, what is that? It's a club of people who like to do service, who like to serve the community and like to serve the world. And when we look around and we open our eyes and see that there are real problems in the world and there are real problems here in our own community, the only way to solve those problems is for real people to choose to make a commitment to do something about it. And so for more than 110 years, there have been people who have joined the Rotary Club who have used their passion, their energy, their talent, the business that they're part of to take action on um, some sustainable projects in their own communities and throughout the world. There are literacy projects, projects that promote peace, 
projects that bring water to communities that don't have access to clean water, health projects. We're always working to better our world and better Ventura right here locally. We've supported the Ventura Botanical Gardens and made that a reality. We've organized the 4th of July fireworks show. That's probably something that people in the community are most familiar with. At Ventura College, we give every third grader a dictionary in the Ventura School District. We just gave 900 backpacks to students in the Ventura School District at um, almost every school in the district. So if you'd like to get involved and you're listening, don't wait for somebody to go tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, come be part of Rotary. The motto is service above self. And if that's you, if that resonates with you, go Google Rotary Club in Ventura. There's three clubs in Ventura, the city of Ventura alone. There are 30 clubs in the 805. I really encourage you to join a Rotary Club and you won't regret that decision. Get ready to take some notes. It's time for the two-minute drill with Michael Anderson on Big Money in the 805. Two-minute drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's two-minute drill. Brought to you by Spanish Hills Country Club. Taste the elegance, golf, athletic, and social memberships. Visit SpanishHillsCC.com or call Cindy, 805-388-5000. Today's principle is using debt to your advantage. Most often when we talk about debt, we're shaming it. We often talk about how debt is bad, but the reality is that nearly all of us have had some forms of debt in our life. It might have been a home loan or a car loan, possibly student loans, or maybe even the convenience of using credit cards. The focus for today's finance principle is using debt to your advantage. What does it look like to use debt to your advantage? Well, I have a few examples. For many listeners, buying real estate requires them to get a loan. That's taking on debt. And if you bought in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, you've seen your loan be paid off or paid down. Meanwhile, your home is appreciated in value. So that's a marvelous example of debt being used to your advantage. Another example, many people have needed student loans to afford school. And after completing their education, getting into their career, they pay off the student loans and continue to do well in their career. This is another example of debt being used to your advantage. The final example I'll share is a small business deciding to expand. I know a local breakfast restaurant, they were offered this opportunity to expand from eight tables to 16 tables by taking over the lease next door. They were very nervous trying to decide if that was a good decision. They were being offered opinions from both sides. Bottom of the line on this story is that they decided to take on the debt, pay for the build out, and it has turned out to be the best decision they ever made. The loan propelled them into long-term growth and expansion. They're doing very, very well. Today's finance idea is the principle of using debt to your advantage. Don't avoid debt or fear debt. Use it to your advantage. Use debt to invest in your assets. Use debt to invest in yourself and use debt to invest in your business. The most common problem we see is people using debt for an unsustainable lifestyle. That's not you. You're going to be using debt to your advantage. If you want additional help with financial planning, you can find a fee-only planner at napfa.org. Or if you want to speak with me personally, you can go to my website, marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, or leave a message on my answering service, 805-665-3767. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? 
Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767 or visit him online, maranatha.com. M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Michael Anderson is local and fiduciary. No commissions, no gimmicks. Call and leave a message today. 805-665-3767. You're tuned in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Now it's time for Michael to go to the mailbag and answer some questions from listeners. Mailbag, we answer your questions about money, Wall Street, and local issues. Brought to you by AllocationLink.com. Investment management that is low cost, smart, and accessible by all. Learn more at AllocationLink.com. Today we have with us an expert in loans, Greg Abrams, the founder of the local American Pacific Mortgage Office. And he is here with us today. We have three questions about mortgages. And the first one is about buying a home. This comes from Robert in Carpinteria. He says, I don't have 20% or even 5% saved to buy a home. How can I buy a home if I don't have this money saved? Yeah, Mike, that's a great question. You know, we get this all the time. Historically, you have needed to have about 20% down with conventional loans. Over time, they've really eased the guidelines to really promote home ownership. There's a lot of different programs, whether it's conventional to come in with 5%. Uh, they have expanded guidelines down to 3%. And then we get into our down payment assistance programs. In addition, there's many different government programs, 3.5% down. We have some that are 100% financing in certain geographic locations, again, as well as many down payment assistance programs that will provide you the financing for the down payment, as well as even the financing of the closing costs. So there are lots of options. Absolutely. Lots of options. Best ways to get started and see where you're at. Let's go to Linda from Fillmore. She has a question about refinancing. I know there has been appreciation in my home, but I already have a rate that's at 5% and I don't want to get another 30-year loan. Does it make sense for me to look at refinancing? Another great question. Everyone's situation is a little bit different. So it's not just one blanket rule does, hey, does this make sense? It's really evaluating what are your needs? What are you planning to do? Is it to pay off your home? Is it to take cash out to improve your home? So really, I think it's always picking up the phone, coming in and seeing us and really going over your goals to see what meets you. You'd be surprised right now we're doing a lot of refinances, potentially even where rates might be a little bit higher, but they're using their equity for their advantage. They're improving their home where you will get actually more appreciation, improving kitchens and bathrooms and things like that. So definitely worth looking into. Jason from Oxnard says, I'm thinking about a reverse mortgage, but I'm not sure if it's right for me. Is this a good product and who's it for? You know, reverse mortgages work in reverse. Absolutely what they say. Their technical name is home equity conversion mortgage, also known as you said, as the reverse mortgage. They work in reverse where you're using your equity instead of you paying a monthly payment, you'll actually receive a payment. And that's kind of what most people know it as. The reality is 
there's actually more than just one option. It's not just receiving payment. You can have an equity line that's tied to that. You can even do a reverse mortgage purchase where it's putting down just enough money to have no monthly payment at all. The eligibility, it works in reverse. So it has an age requirement of 62 and a half. The amount that you're able to borrow is based upon your age and the lowest borrower. So if it's a husband and wife, it'd be the lower of the two. Reverse mortgages in the past have had some different stigmas tied with them. The government's really stepped in to kind of change that, improve it, and really make it very secure for homeowners to take on a reverse mortgage. Absolutely, I think it's a great product. It's not for everybody, but for somebody that's looking to use their equity to their advantage, it's a great way to go. Our mailbag guest today is Greg Abrams from American Pacific Mortgage. He does a wonderful job, and if you have any questions about mortgages, give him a call, 805 667 84 Six five American Pacific Mortgage. And if you have any questions for the mailbag, submit them online, marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes, Big Money in the 805. You can subscribe and get the show notes there. Special thanks to all the teachers here in Ventura County. Summer is officially over. We're back in action. Good luck to you. You can contact me at marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, or leave a message on my answering service, 805-665-3767. Have a great week. Join us again next time.